Hello and welcome to the Aligned Money Podcast, presented by The Minimalist Wallet. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper, the solo entrepreneur behind The Minimalist Wallet, a finance and lifestyle coaching business where money, minimalism, and Mother Earth meet. After years of leading myself through my own finance and minimalism journey, I dreamed up The Minimalist Wallet to help others align their money with their values so they can not only do better for themselves, but the people and the planet around them. If you are in the same boat as myself and so many other parents, it is back to school season. My own little babies that haven't actually been babies for a while, but they are forever my babies, had their first day of fourth grade a week and a half ago. They are so excited. With what felt like the quickest summer on record, I kind of hurriedly gathered their back-to-school supplies while trying to keep my values in mind. Besides their very first day of school as pre-kindergarten students, I've never really done the traditional new backpack, new lunchbox, new shoes, and all the new supplies haul that were a staple of so many of our childhoods and continues to kind of carry on with Gen Z and Gen Alpha. So this year was no different. I did purchase new backpacks at the start of the summer since we saw an uptick in how much they were taking to and from school back in third grade. Their L.L. Bean backpacks had served us well for five school years, and they're still in great shape, so I will be passing them on to a charity at some point. I had the foresight on the last day of school in spring to have us go through all of their supplies that they brought home from school, which were still in good enough condition to be reused, and we set them aside. So that way, when the next school year rolled around, we only had to fill in the gaps. My total for both kids was $119 in new supplies. That includes tax, and a third of that was Expo markers for their teachers. Another third was the favored Ticonderoga pencils packaged in cardboard. And their shoes and clothing from spring still fit just fine, so there's no need to replace any of those items just yet. A remark I hear echoed back when parents are challenged to buy less and use more for back to school is the social consequence to their children. All the kids are wearing this style of Adidas shoes right now, and I don't want my daughter to feel left out. My son wants a backpack with a character on it, just like his friends have. My child's teacher prefers brand new supplies, and I want them to like me and my kid. When I hear these reasons, I think about how we are just projecting our own past and current insecurities about our socioeconomic standing. Not that the feelings money and status bring up aren't completely warranted and factual. Money is power. It is status. It is security. Our innate associations of money with our survival are based on thousands of years of people fighting for resources, but most likely... In your lifetime, especially if you live in the global north, you haven't been faced with the same fight for survival as your 14th century ancestors, or even your 19th century ancestors. But the insecurity and the fear is still there, and even when faced with the smallest threat to your social standing, it's a fear we have to unlearn, and it's a fear we don't want to pass down to the next generation. 
especially if we want a more inclusive and equitable society that is community-minded instead of prioritizing the sole individual. So the next time you find yourself trying to justify a purchase or an action because of how you think it will affect your or someone else's social standing, take the time to question if that is really true. Questions I would ask someone who had remarked the above three statements about new school supplies. Do you think your daughter's friends will stop hanging out with her because of her shoes? Are those the type of friends you want for her or that you would want in your own life? Using items that reflect our personal preferences and style is a way to tell the world what makes us unique or a part of the group. And it sounds like your son wants to do that. If he is in need of a new-to-him backpack, try visiting a secondhand shop in your area or scan Facebook Marketplace or try eBay for used character backpacks that fit his interests. Teachers have a lot on their plate and having to worry about half-used supplies running out quickly is not another thing we want to add to. If you're worried about your child's teacher getting the wrong idea, send an email or a note along with the supplies explaining your perspective. Are you trying to be frugal, more environmentally conscious, or both? If you have the room in your budget, offer to send in fresh supplies when someone starts running low. Or you could even offer to start a sign of genius for the fellow parents, guardians uh, in the classroom to send in new or used supplies to help the classroom stay stocked for the year. Once the motivation and the drive are established to make more conscientious decisions about what to buy, there's still the question of where to buy it from. And I will leave some links to businesses that are more intentional if this is something you value, because it might not be this year or next year. And with that in mind, I want to share with you a stream of consciousness uh, from the depths of my mind as I was getting prepared for the back to school season. I promised you we were on this journey together and I meant it. And this is proof. I procrastinated buying school supplies for my kids and all the wide ruled filler paper that's left in stores is reinforced with plastic and it's over $6 for 150 sheets. And I'm trying to decide, do I order the plastic free, like good environmentalist for 98 cents for 150 sheets? and then wait for it to be available? Or do I buy it in stores because it's there right now and then I can have it ready for the first day of school like a good parent? Or do I splurge on the 100% recycled plastic-free paper for $4.98 for 100 sheets? That's what a good environmentalist would do. This was my internal dialogue the day before open house, which was the night before our first day of school. And as I mentioned, my kids started fourth grade this year. So this is our sixth year in school and our fifth year at this specific school. So this is not my first rodeo. For the most part, I know what we will and will not need. And I know what things I can wait on purchasing or not purchase at all. But I still feel like I was in the trenches, stressing about what they might need and where I should buy it from, especially in terms of what those decisions would say about me as a parent and an environmentalist who makes it her focus to be very intentional with her choices, especially when it comes to where my money goes. Hence, the Aligned Money Podcast. And I know I'm not the only one. 
which is why I'll offer you the advice that eventually goes through my own head after I take a deep breath, remind myself that I have the tools to handle these decisions, and I proceed forward. And these tools, which were really just lots of questions and self-exploration, were what led me to create the printable tools that are on my website. The one that would be the most useful in this particular situation being the Aligned Values Workbook, a 12-page print-friendly digital download that walks you through the concept of values and how to determine your own personal values. And when you know what your core values are, it makes it much easier to make decisions and take action in the way that the least cognitive resistance, aka that uncomfortable feeling you have when you're doing something that doesn't particularly jive with what you believe in. In this particular situation, plastic reinforced line paper definitely doesn't jive with my core value of sustainability. Combining plastic with paper means that the end product can't be recycled or composted, which you wouldn't necessarily want to compost if it's bleached paper. The life cycle of plastic reinforced paper is cradle to grave. There's no consideration of what will happen with that product after it has been created. Can it be reused? How will it be thrown away? How long does it last? That's not really being considered. Instead, I try to look for products that are considering a cradle-to-cradle approach for the life cycle, meaning that when you are done with that item, there is a way for the materials that were used to be recycled, remade, reused into something else, and that that process can be ongoing, like a loop. So I know that ultimately I will feel better if I order the 100% recycled paper made in the United States so it doesn't have to travel far, which is another side of sustainability related to logistics, even if I have to wait longer to get it. Because while the value of responsibility, which translates to being someone that people can count on, is not an unvaluable trait in my opinion, it is not one of my core values. So I can be a little irresponsible and get the paper to my student's teacher a little later and not experience as much cognitive dissonance as I would have if I had just purchased the plastic reinforced paper because it was available quicker. Since I took the time to figure out my core values, making money decisions is a lot quicker and more comfortable than it used to be. And with the continued practice of referring to my values before I spend money, I make decisions and take action quicker and quicker. And I hope that this advice, as well as the Aligned Values Workbook, if you choose to use it, helps you feel better about your money decisions and your life. Thank you for listening today to the Aligned Money Podcast, presented by The Minimalist Wallet. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper, reminding you that when you align your money with your values, you can not only do better for yourself, but the people and the planet around you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.